morning, church. I'm glad to be together with you. Happy New Year. Um, our New Year celebration, typically the first Sunday of the month, or the first Sunday of the year, excuse me, is just a little bit different of a rhythm. Um, it'll be a little bit more familiar to us because we just did that Disciples Prayer Sunday. Um, but we'll just kind of throw back and forth, uh, share some Share some ways that God was moving in 2022, um, talk a little bit about the things that are going on and, and what we see uh, maybe God is working on. Um, so we'll go back and forth between talking and singing, talking and singing. So you'll get your squats in this morning if you missed your workout. Uh, you'll get your squats in today, uh, standing and sitting and all of those kinds of things. So um, let me just pray for us as we begin, um, and then we'll, we'll sing a, a little bit more. Lord Jesus, thanks so much for this day. We inhale and are reminded that every breath is a gift from you. And so, Lord, we thank you for um, this, the first. We, we thank you for the small blessing of it being a Sunday, the first day of the week to celebrate uh, the first day of the year. Um, and, Lord, I just pray that you would give us clarity in how we see the world that you've placed us in, Lord, the ways that you're walking with us in it. And, Lord, this morning, I just ask that you would speak clearly and give us ears to hear. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Um, my, my task this morning is to try and summarize 12 months in less than 10 minutes. Um, and I have told a number of people, um, we've been here in Ocala since 2014. Um, when, when my family moved down here, uh, everything we did for the church was kind of volunteer um, I was working 40 hours out in the world and volunteering for the church, and, and so we've kind of been doing this for eight years as a, as a family, and I feel like God's done uh, about eight years' worth of ministry in the last 12 months. Like, it just seems like everything's been, been sped up for us personally, um, and as unsettling as that's been, it's been, re it's been um, a great reminder to cling to Him, and so, um, yeah, so that's what I'm going to try to do this morning um, our mission uh, has, well, I, I, feel like, I feel like this is kind of a test. What would you say that our mission is as Neighborhood Church? If you know it, you can just shout it out. Carlos is already, we're, we're going for it today. So, Bring more people to the church, all right? Any other thoughts? Okay, meet people. Yeah. Meeting people where they're at and helping them with their problems. Yeah. Yeah, so we are inviting our neighbors to meet and follow Jesus, meeting them where they're at, uh, building relationships with them, and then inviting them to meet and follow Jesus. The solution to their problem uh, is, is Jesus. It's probably not going to be me. Uh, it's probably not going to be you. We're, are, are, we're trying to invite them to meet. If they've never met him before, they need to meet him. And, and then if they've met him, to choose to follow him. Like that's really what makes the biggest difference in people's lives, and that's the hope of the world. We're inviting our neighbors to meet and follow Jesus. Now, our neighbors, uh, I can see Carlos, Carlos likes, uh, likes to interact with people as, as, as he's leading, and so I can see he's a little bit unsettled because the room feels a little bit empty. Um, but there's something that, um, that's fascinating. We're just a little podunk church on the edge of the forest, and for whatever reason, God blessed us with a fiber optic internet connection. And so even in 2018, before 2020, and all of the stuff that like necessitated churches being connected online, we had a live stream, a live stream and started a YouTube channel. 
And so some of the neighbors that we uh, worship with on the regular actually never are in the room. Um, Odds are that most weeks we have another 10 or 15 people that are connecting with us on our YouTube channel. Um, And we've had uh, about the same number of views this year as we did last year. But what I'm encouraged by is we've had longer views than we had last year. So people are engaging with the videos longer, watching the videos longer. Now, I can't, or like, I don't know what, who these people are. I don't know if it's you guys on, on mornings that you sleep in, checking in, or I don't know if they're people that have never met yet. Um, there have been a number of folks, I think Carlos was one of them, who watched us online before he ever thought about coming into the room. And so um, I think that that's a, a thing to maybe draw some attention to, that God's working outside of what happens in this room. Um, and that's something that I try to keep uh, in mind for myself, that regardless of what's happening in this room on any given Sunday morning, God is not confined to this space or this time, and he's doing things um, that are outside of even what we can anticipate. So um, so in, in meeting our neighbors, um, we've also, uh, so those are our online neighbors. Um, we've also been a blessing to our, our neighbors here in person. Um, this building was a gift to us. Uh, we, we inherited it with no uh, mortgage or anything like that. And so we just said, if God has given us this gift, then we ought to hold God's gifts with open hands and share them with others. So um, a couple years ago, we had a homeschool group that was meeting in here every week. We've hosted, I think, eight different music recitals for, for music teachers. Um, in town um, and, their, and their students. And we've also had the Civilian Air Patrol has hosted a, a number of trainings um, in this room and is just using the facility. It's open to the neighborhood. If there's any neighbors you have that have family come in town, they want a place to have a, host a party or something like that, they can do in the pavilion and have uh, a bonfire. It might be a bigger bonfire than they planned on it being, but they can have a bonfire or use any of the spaces for a birthday party or anything like that. So um, that's been cool. Um, and it's also been interesting to see how God has been growing our neighbors as well. Uh, some of our neighbors far away, but also some of our neighbors up close. I was really honored this year um, to bring Ryan Gagnon through, uh, through across the finish line to the ordination process. Um, yeah. And uh, that's, that's a, a, a long, long story. I'm sure he'd love to tell you over coffee or two coffees or something like that. Um, but the, just the ability uh, to be able to look at a young guy, see the fingerprints of God on his life, see the qualifications for ministry and say, hey, like, I think God's moving you in this direction to submit him for examination to other pastors across the state of Florida and for them to say, yeah, um, we think that God's doing something in him and we recognize that ministry. So that's uh, a real big deal. And so congratulations to Ryan this year. Um, and additionally, uh, God brought Carlos along um, last year. One of the things that I said was, you're going to see more diversity on the worship team. And that was primarily a, uh, a function of my exhaustion. So I had been for years, um, or, or for 2021, I had been preaching and leading worship most Sundays out of the year. And going into 2022, I said, you're going to see more diversity so that I don't have to be the one who's doing both of the things. And so I just called around and asked some friends, hey, can you lead one Sunday a month? Um, And that provided an avenue that when Carlos came and started being involved with the church, I said, hey, like, would you like to cover a week? And so he did a couple of weeks and we had a conversation in June at one point. I said, hey, are you cool with how things are going? Do you want to lead more? Do you want to lead less? Do you want more responsibility? Do you want less responsibility? 
And uh, he says, well, what would more responsibility look like? And I said, well, I've got this job description that I typed out a couple of years ago for a worship leader, and I never could find anybody that would do it that I felt like, like had a good heart for it. Um, and I don't even remember what I wrote down, but here it is. And he, he came back the next day and said, this, I, wanted, I want this. I said, what do you mean? He's like, I'm going to do this. Can I have this job? And so I had to call Sebring and be like, hey, we still have money in the budget to, to hire somebody. And we did, surprisingly. Uh, not surprisingly, but we did have money. And so brought Carlos on as our worship leader um, and moving him through a process of uh, pastoral equipping um, for ministry um, moving him into a process this year uh, to move him towards uh, being an elder of our congregation um, and just praying that, um, that God would continue to, to, to bless his life. Um, so that's, that's super exciting and, and really thankful for uh, the ways Carlos has been a blessing. Okay, I said 10 minutes. It's not going to be 10 minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've been serving our neighbors uh, on the regular, and um, the, the, probably the biggest or the easiest way to see that is in our neighborhood meals. This is not all the flyers for the neighborhood meals, but every year we had, or every month we had a rhythm. The last Sunday of the month we would host, uh, open up our building, and, and have, a, have a meal for our neighbors. And so um, we've met a number of them. I think each one has been the best one yet. Like I've never... Uh, it's, it's just been growing, and we've had better and better conversations and been able to serve our neighbors in, in really meaningful ways, meeting them where they're at and just having conversations. I, my tagline for it is building community one conversation at a time, and it's a real uh, low-risk environment to invite people who are kind of skeptical about, you know, aren't church full of weirdos, and they can see for sure, yeah, it's full of weirdos, but they're not as the weird in the way that I thought they were. Um, so that's been a, a super huge blessing and big shout out to Sarah for all of her ministry and cooking and leading the teams that are cooking uh, month over month. She is our, our master chef, hands down. Um, that's been a huge blessing. We also, uh, Carlos led for us uh, a shindig put together a big party, and that was a, a great opportunity to have neighbors on the property and, and have a party and, and get to invite them to follow Jesus really explicitly. Um, so that was a huge blessing, and he's already been talking about doing a follow-up at some point uh, in, the coming, in the coming months. One of the things that was really interesting this year, um, we've had a, a, a relationship with an organization in town called Wear Gloves, and their purpose in town is, uh, is to... Um, Rather than, just, uh, rather than just giving people hands outs to meet their needs with dignity. Um, and so dignity, not dependency, is their big thing. We want to help people get the things that they need by providing them the opportunity to work for that. And one of the ways that they've done that is they've, they've developed a coffee roastery. And so we've served Dignity Roasters coffee for years. Um, but when I, when I told you in January last year that I was going to be going full-time, one of the things I did not want to do was to go full-time sitting in the office isolated from everybody. And so what I did was I called Ken at Wear Gloves. I said, hey, how can I, like, what do you need? How can I help? And so I started going over to Wear Gloves um, in January and just volunteering in their Dignity Center where they're putting together parts for Closet Made and meeting people and um, helping to meet small needs. And after a couple of months of that, Ken said, hey, what would it look like if you like hosted a Dignity Center for your church? Like, would you be even open to that? Now, he did not remember that I had suggested that probably three years ago. Um, but now that it's his idea, it was a great idea, and I was really <laughs> excited about it. And so we launched this year um, the Dignity Center at Neighborhood Church. So every Thursday morning, we've got folks here that are putting together parts. Um, but more than that... 
um, they're sharing their heart. Like it's a, it's a, a real um, great opportunity when you work side by side with somebody to just hear their story and what they're facing. Um, and even, even just this week, we had a lady who came in, and, and she said, hi, and she's always real chip, chipper, and hey, how are you guys doing? I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick, and she came out, and she sat down, and she, like, I think pushed two or three pins, and she just started sobbing. I've got this going on, and I'm not sure how to handle it. I didn't even want to talk about it, and then we talked for an hour, um, and she was like, I'm so sorry. This is so distracting. I was like, no, this is actually the reason why we're here. We've been doing this for months since, Jan since June to build the relationship so that when crises come, you've got some people that you can talk to. Um, and so that's been a huge blessing. We also sent a team, uh, Jason and Sarah, down to Lakeland to help them. They relaunched their, uh, their church for the first time. So they'd been meeting as like a Bible study, um, but they had their public launch in the fall. So we went and did some landscaping for them. Um, which was great, and then we also um, filled up 50 flood buckets to help those who had been uh, impacted by the hurricane this year down in Fort Myers. We had some churches that are in our fellowship that, that um, the church buildings weren't terribly impacted, um, but they found themselves surrounded by a bunch of people in need that were willing to listen to whatever answers they had for the problems that they were facing. And so we got to uh, equip them by cooperating with Wear Gloves and with other churches in the fellowship um, to, to get the supplies and to uh, put them together and then take them to a church in Tampa who delivered them down there. Like it really was a miracle network of, of how all that stuff worked together and really wouldn't have happened without, without Pastor Matt. Um, so uh, we started this year, too, a youth Bible study on Wednesday nights, which has been um, pretty incredible. Um, I never meant to lead youth ministry again, and yet here we are, and it's been fun. Um, the only, like, it's, it's been a good time of, of building relationships and, and trying to walk them through kind of the story of the Bible. Um, and maybe the most exciting thing for me as a Bible nerd was we got to a point on Wednesday where I was like, hey, I don't have enough time to tell you the next part of this story. We'll just do it next week. And they said, no, we'll stay late. Like, we don't have school tomorrow. We can stay late. And so we stayed in a, a half hour late so that they could hear the next part of what was going on in the scripture. So that was uh, a real blessing to me. The ladies have been meeting together for a Bible study on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday mornings. And that's been, uh, as I've heard, a real sweet time of fellowship. Um, and, and growing in relationships and praying together, as well as, you know, reading the Bible, you know. Um, those groups are a reflection of what I really see is like our heart as Neighborhood Church, that, that again, what God's doing in and through Neighborhood Church is not confined to this hour of the week in this building, that it actually is wherever you are in your neighborhood, there is Neighborhood Church as we are representing Jesus. And so um, this is a, a, a time to get together and to celebrate, to be encouraged and, and strengthened, to uh, go back and follow Jesus uh, with, with full hearts. But, but then a lot of our care for one another is probably going to be done in smaller groups outside of this space. I cannot uh, shepherd you uh, individually with all of your needs all the time. And so you guys are going to build relationships with one another and care for one another and walk with each other through life. Um, and so in order to begin moving in that direction, um, we spearheaded a cohort, uh, an online cohort for group leaders. So people who want to lead a group who are real specific about, like, I want to get people together to ask the question, what's the Holy Spirit doing in your life this week? Um, and so we spearheaded that uh, for the other neighborhood churches. We're one of three conversations or one of three congregations, and we uh, host and lead that uh, initiative where um, 
there's probably 15 different groups that are happening across the three congregations. All the leaders get together online um, once a month, twice a month, and just check in with one another, pray with one another, and, and are equipped. And that's been super cool. Um, there have been other small groups that have been happening. Um, and then there's, there's the thing that's interesting to me about telling you about these gatherings is that I actually don't know most of what God's doing in them. I close every sermon by saying the sermon's the starting point of the conversation, but where, what, what God's going to do with it is going to be around a kitchen table with other people who are following Jesus. And I know those conversations are happening uh, at the lunch table or later on in the week, um, but I don't have a record of them. I can't tell you what they are or what God's doing, and it's cool to be able to see, like, God's doing something over there, but I don't necessarily know how to tell you exactly what it is. So that's encouraging to me. Um, with our, our celebrations, we've gone together and learned a couple of things. We started off the year with how to grow, which is talking through these, these atmospheres, these environments for discipleship, which is kind of how I've organized this outline. You can't see it, but serving, learning, gathering, and celebrating, putting Jesus first. Um, uh, then we went through a series called Building One Another, which is about our faith uh, being relational, uh, Light in the Dark, we studied all the way through the book of 1 John. Um, then we started a series called What If Jesus Was Serious, which was the first step in um, taking apart and spending a significant number of weeks in the Sermon on the Mount. So we did What If Jesus Was Serious, and then we did Waiting on the World to Change, which was a series in Jonah. Um, and we went all the way through the book of Jonah, then we went back into part two of What If Jesus Was Serious um, before we went through In Secret, another part in the Sermon on the Mount, um, square One was a series all the way through the book of Ephesians, um, and then we went into Proverbs. I think we did Proverbs first and then Square One, but they're wrong on my slides. And we closed with a series, a uh, Christmas-ish series called Foretold, looking at how, um, how God was, was doing some cool stuff. So those are the series. You studied all of 1 John, all of Ephesians, all of the book of Jonah, and a significant portion of Proverbs and Matthew this year. So... Um, that's, that's not nothing, so that's great. <clears throat> so that's what we're doing in our Sunday celebrations. We also have some special celebrations that we like to call baptism celebrations. We baptize two uh, folks, uh, one who was a, a newly, like, newly ready to follow Jesus and another one who was just like, I, I have been a wayward and I'm ready to walk again. So that's really exciting, baptized two folks this year. And I've got three more people who've explicitly said, hey, when we do the next baptism, I'd really be interested in doing that. Just so you know, there's going to be a baptism class in February. If you're interested, you can already sign up in the app. Um, go to events and scroll over to February, click that, and you should be able to let me know that you're interested or you just tell me and I'll put your name on the list. Um, and then we'll have another baptism in March. So that's on the calendar. Celebrating communion together, which is always one of my favorites, uh, favorite ways to, to serve and love one another. Um, and then this year we did something that was uh, kind of off the cuff, um, something that God had been planning for a while and something that I was really not sure that we were going to follow through on until Jesse was like, nope, you're going to do what God said. I'm like, okay, I guess. <laughs> And that is, uh, that is the Bible read-through. So the, the week before Easter this year, uh, we sat down in this room and we read the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 21, cover to cover, in six days. And it was an incredible experience. Um, it's, it was great because I, most of the time I read you the Bible and then I tell you what it means. And it was cool to just be able to read it and let it speak for itself. You didn't have to listen to me try to, try to say it better than Jesus said. You could just listen to him. 
Um, and so that was a huge blessing. There were, I think, four or five other churches from our community that were a part of that event um, who just came in and read. And um, it was uh, such a great blessing that a neighborhood church in Sebring is starting a Bible read-through this afternoon. So you can pray for Neighborhood Church of Sebring this afternoon after they do a picnic after church. They're going to start their year off reading through the Bible cover to cover. Um, and you can join them on their live stream if you look for YouTube. I'm sure they're going to be streaming it. Or if you want to take a trip down there, um, I don't know if I'm going. Ryan said he's going to make a trip. Um, we've got sick kids, so we'll, we'll figure it out. But all, the, like, all right, that's a year. How long did I take? That was 20 minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's, it's been, a, it's been a lot, like God's been doing a lot and, um, I feel blessed to have a front row seat to see how the spirit's working. And sometimes it's hard to be able to tell other people what it is because of the nature of the way that God works in people's lives as individuals. So I am, um, I'm humbled to be able to be a part of what God's doing here and, uh, thankful for you and for your heart for Jesus. Um, whether, whether Neighborhood Church lives or dies as an organization, I don't really care all that much. Um, but to see you guys walking with Jesus is a big encouragement to me. And so um, I'm thankful for that. Um, let me pray real quick, and then um, I'll have Max come up, and, and he'll read for us. Lord Jesus, thanks so much for what you have done in the year. Lord, I pray that as I've gone through this, as our eyes kind of gloss over and reflecting, um, that, Lord, this is, would not just be a time of self-congratulation. Um, that this would not just be my attempt to justify uh, the job that you've given me um, or the reason why we're here, but, Lord, that we could see and through that to see that you are doing stuff that we did not anticipate in January of last year. There were things that were not on our radar or on our calendar or even in our imagination that you had already set up and were already working out, and so we're so grateful. And, Lord Jesus, um, we pray that you'd continue to use us in spite of ourselves. In our weakness, may you show yourself strong. Would you draw us and our neighbors close to you? It's in your name we pray. Amen. While you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and jump in. You guys I'm going to jump in to uh, give you a heads up on what happened in the nation last year. So, uh, it's been, a, it's been a crazy year, right? Um, I got glasses, <laughs> but I did not get the wisdom enough to wear them. So, bear with me. We had a couple of graduations in Kid Nation, and those are the two Sophie Gagnon and Cannon Moss have to graduate out of Kid Nation and into a hangout. Not only are they here, but they're serving in multiple ways. So sound you through uh, offering, um, they're doing quite a bit, right? But to give you some of the background of what we studied in the past year um, in uh, in Nation, we can draw on over the past couple years, we've done all the Bibles that are God's entire story, right? So now we went back and we wanted to get a little bit more specific and talk about Paul's life. So we went back over the past year to the book of Acts, uh, and then we transitioned into some of those prison cells, right? So in Romans, we learned that God has released us from our prison cells. I think we're learning that. And in Galatians, we learned that God's gospel for Jesus is the only true gospel, and when you go away from that gospel, things can go up. 
Uh, we learned that it's lipids diluted to lose price into diatomy. And they find the cohesion is one of the new creation. Therefore, we are to be in one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Uh, and in all of that oneness, we have many gifts. And how those gifts work out in the body. Now, while we were doing all of that, we do something in nature where we paint, right? So, you, most of you guys know, kids, you want to you go about it through different means, right? You want to put them in the auditorium, someone that's important, right? You want to give them things to do. So, when you walk into Kidnation, you'll see there's this mural of God's entire story there, right? Now, that's a couple of years in the making, and that's, that's been up there, and that's been an illustration for us to be able to point the kids to where we are in God's story in any given moment. But then, Previously, last year, we went through and we did Proverbs and we did Psalms and we saw that on the back of Now the kids are painting what we've learned in those epistles on the front door, right? So we're in the process of doing that now. So that gives them an illustration to be able to look back and what they learned and why it's important. And it's been really cool to see how they've done it. But we're going to need the kids up here for a second. So come on up, kids. So, um, you guys know how we teach in divination, right? We do fan gestures. You guys remember our big idea for the entire year? We were talking about last week. So, we like a little qualifications of the organization too. You ready? Alright, so adults, you guys can <laughs> Okay, so in learning all of Paul's story and what God did in his life, Going through those prison epistles, going through what he was doing, we got to learn a big truth, right? Now, each word is going to have a symbol. So this only works if you do the symbols. Not? Okay. All right, So, what's God? God's? What's plan? Plan is what? Crazy! <laughs> oh, what was the next thing? Fun. Fun. <laughs> but it's good. All right, ready? Right? So we've been learning in Paul's life that God's plan in Paul's life was absolutely nuts. <laughs> but it's good. Adults, you're ready to touch your butts. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's good. There's one I said, promise you, hear it. God's Check it out, see what Kid Nation's about. And the microphone just went on. <clears throat> see what Kid Nation's about, right? And learn the vision and mission of what God is doing with these kids, right? So this is a volunteer thing. 
Don't worry. I know anything involved in children's ministry and church. People go, oh, what am I signing up for? We're talking about spreading it out just a little bit, maybe covering a Sunday, that kind of thing. But we'll get you more of those details on January 22nd. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate that. All right. So that's what we're doing in Kid Nation. That's where we're going. That's where we've been. But it all happens because God is moving in the lives of kids because far too often there's a perspective that the kids are not a part of the body. They are. They follow Jesus just like you do. They just do it in a more expressive way. And their temper tantrums are very easily picked out. Whereas as adults, we can hide ours a little better. So let's take a moment now and let's pray for our kids. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for you. Thank you for pointing out the faith of a child. Thank you for the way that you draw them close the way that you show who you are in their minds. You make it so real. Lord, help us to shepherd them well, to care for them, to love them, and to point them along on the path that you have called them on. You are good, Lord, and we trust you, and we thank you. We worship and celebrate you this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm sure you can tell that we had some technical difficulties this weekend, and for whatever reason, our uh, the last section of our conversation and our celebration of uh, 2023 didn't get recorded. And so I just wanted to pop in here on Monday morning and go back through some of my notes and share with you really what I think God has in store for us, because... Um, uh, it's it's important and it's timely, and uh, so we'll, I'll share first some things that um, we can work on together, and then I just want to reflect on something that Jesus said on our behalf. So um, there's some tension in doing one of these sermons between wanting to inspire and encourage and uh, set you up to tackle the new year, um, and also uh, pastoral care and concern to let you know that you don't have to earn God's love, that God loves you uh, the way, uh, God loves you right where you are, and there's no amount that you could possibly achieve in 2023 that would lead him to love you anymore. Um, if you don't hear anything else this year, then hear this, that, that God loves you and really does want what's best for your life. And that's the whole reason that Jesus came. That's the whole reason that he died. And that's the whole reason that God left his whole story in the Bible. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So um, I hope that that is a small encouragement to you. As we go into the new year, that there's nothing we could accomplish that's going to um, make us more loved in God's eyes. Um, there's some things that uh, I think we can work on. As a church, um, as a body, uh, we're inviting our neighbors to meet and follow Jesus. We're doing that by putting Jesus first, um, by gathering together, by celebrating, by learning more, and by serving him. Um, and so the most practical way I can think to put Jesus first is just to commit to praying for our neighbors. 
Um, that was our big commitment in 2020. We covered over our sign and that was our message to the community of like, we are praying for you. And so just encourage you to pray. There is no spiritual growth that happens unless somebody's praying. And so if we genuinely care for our neighbors and those who live near us, then we'll be praying for them. So maybe just set an alarm on your phone to pray uh, before you wake up so that if you if you uh, if you look at your phone first thing that's what you're seeing is hey remember to pray um, it's not unimportant God honors those requests and so um, so go ahead and do that we'll continue to do our neighborhood meals the last Sunday of the month um, we'll probably have another shindig to come and hang out and invite your friends um, to connect with other people who are following Jesus in kind of a non-threatening way, but I think um, more than providing those opportunities, it's up to us to ask God to do the work that only God can do of um, bringing people to him. So um, as we think about gathering and getting together into smaller groups, um, talking about how the Holy Spirit is working in our lives and um, really journeying together and caring for one another's souls, uh, hearing the things that God is working on us in. Um, you don't really need my permission <laughs> to, to, to sit down at a dinner table and to talk about those kinds of things. Um, it's helpful sometimes to have a little bit of structure to that, to know what the plan is um, and to have a commitment to do it on a regular basis. And so if that's something that you, um, you're interested in, you want to have your friends over, you want to have those kind of spiritual conversations, then um, we've got a group leaders cohort that meets wherever you are uh, through Zoom once a month and you can have conversations with people that are passionate about that kind of thing and are doing that kind of thing leaving people to gather together just to reflect on how God's challenging them and to, and to walk together through those things um, and so connect with us if that's something that you uh, that God is putting on your heart to do um, so we think about how we're celebrating the work that Jesus is doing in the new year. Um, and you, if you, as you reflect on things, um, you realize that you haven't yet obeyed Jesus's command to be baptized, to follow him in baptism. Um, then we've got a baptism class on the schedule for February, uh, come and, and, uh, explore what, what baptism is and what it means and how it is that we do it. Um, and then we'll be doing a baptism in March uh, at Lake Weir. Um, so that's on the docket. And we also are doing a, a series in the beginning of the year called First Things First, uh, setting up your priorities for the best year ever. And uh, <laughs> I'm phrasing that in a way that I'm hopeful is non-threatening um, or is accessible to people who are not following Jesus yet. So if you've got a neighbor or somebody who uh, is not really sure what they want to do in the new year or they're trying to figure out how to get something straight, then then invite them to come explore this teaching of Jesus with us, first things first. And we're starting that on January 9th. Um, as, we, uh, as we talk about things that we might be learning, I've got a Bible survey in the works um, that's in development. I've been working on that with the, the middle and high school students, and I'll be workshopping that a little bit more this year. Um, so we'll have classes to, to, to study more deeply and to look into um, how God's communicating. Um, but all of that is, is, is also leading towards us wanting to serve Jesus well and to love our neighbors well. 
And there's a couple of things that have come across my desk that I'd just like to mention to you, and maybe I'll follow back up later and let you or invite you personally to engage with it. Um, one of the things is um, a basically an advertising company who who sees their ministry as advertising for Jesus. So they're running ads online all the time. Um, for people who are struggling with anxiety or depression or people that have um, lost somebody recently or have addiction issues or uh, any any sorts of things that like that that people might Google for, um, they're running ads to tell uh, to hint to people that uh, Jesus is uh, the solution to life's woes, and they're asking for people to share their zip code and their cell phone number. And what they're doing with these ads is they're taking these people who are searching for answers to life's questions and they're connecting them with local churches. So they're ta- sharing with their permission, sharing their phone number with a local church near their zip code um, so that that church can begin to text with them. And so if you're a great texter and you want to be a part of um, pointing people towards Jesus, pointing strangers on the internet towards Jesus, um, then uh, let me know. And that's something that uh, I kind of started a couple of weeks ago, just trying to see what it would be like. And didn't expect that we'd have too many folks around Ocala Googling that thing. And I've been surprised to see just how many, maybe 20 or 30 folks that um, been able to connect with on some degree and uh, hear their story and be there as they're processing some of the some of the pain. Another thing that's come up is, um, is something called Care Portal, and it's a it's a bridge between um, government caseworkers who are in the nitty gritty of helping people, foster families, and other varieties of people um, with difficult circumstances to uh, connect them with churches who can meet their needs. So if a foster family is having difficulty getting to appointments or making a court date or something like that, um, that caseworker can put the request for help into this portal, and that portal is going to try to get that request for help into the hands of somebody in a local church that can meet that need. Um, It's a really interesting ministry. It's something that I haven't started yet, but it's because I am looking for the right person to kind of administrate that and to um, to wrap their head and their heart around what that looks like. But that's ex- like that's right up the alley of what I think it means for us to be a neighborhood church, to um, be a resource to our government officials um, and a blessing to our neighbors. That just is a beautiful thing, and it can be uh, it can be something that we explore in the new year. And of course, um, that we inherited this building and this property as a gift. And we have uh, worked hard to steward it well, um, but it's old. It's an aging building, and, and so we always have needs with uh, maintaining our facilities and um, keeping the grass cut and uh, doing minor repairs or replacing fixtures and things like that. So if that's something that you uh, are gifted in or have the time or the energy uh, to do, then I'd love to, to chat with you about how uh, you might serve God by um, by taking care of the gifts that he's entrusted to us that we are seeking to share with our neighbors as a blessing to them. Um, but that's a bunch of stuff that we can do in 2023. Um, in my reflection on uh, the past year and on the 
the ways that God is leading us now, um, one of the things that he's pushing and challenging me on is that it's not so much what we do. I mean, what we do is important. It's, it's significant and it matters. Um, but God's concern is who we are first. And so here at the beginning of 2023, I thought it would be important to um, read uh, what I call the Lord's Prayer. So we, we get in the habit of praying, or we're in the habit of praying the Disciples' Prayer together on Sundays. And I've on purpose called it the Disciples' Prayer because it's, it's, a, it's Jesus teaching his disciples how, he, how they ought to pray. Um, but the, the Lord's prayer is actually in, uh, is recorded in John chapter 17. It's the longest prayer that we have of Jesus and it's, um, Jesus's words, his thoughts, his heart to God, um, the night that he was to be, uh, arrested before he was crucified. So, um, really intense moment of his life, and it's a beautiful picture of the heart of Jesus and the things that he was concerned about, the things that were on his mind um, when he was on the precipice of a real big transition. Um, facing his death, he, he takes his disciples away, and in the book of John, chapters 1 through 12, cover about three years of history, uh, or three years of Jesus' life. Um, but then in chapter 13, 13 through 17, the whole book slows down. It's just Jesus teaching his disciples the night before um, he's crucified. And so it's really intense and closes with this prayer in John chapter 17. I'd invite you to read it with me. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So Jesus stops and he prays. He says, God, um, I need you <laughs> to help me to finish the thing that I started. Like, glorify me. You do the work uh, through me that you want done. Glorify me that I can glorify you. My life is meant to do your will. And that's what I'm here to do. Um, you've given me all authority over all flesh, all of humanity. I have authority over and um, I've given life to all of those who trusted in me. And I think it's interesting. What does he say in verse 3? What does he say in verse 3 is eternal life? Um, it's not necessarily the length. He's not talking about life that never ends. He says, and this, in verse 3, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, that they have a relationship with you. They know you truly as you are. Um, and they have a, a, a quality of, of, of being in your presence. They know you. They don't just know about you. They don't just know facts, but they know you. They walk with you. That is eternal life. And, and as we think about crossing the, uh, from earth into heaven, um, eternal life is removing the barrier of sin that's blocking us from having that relationship with God. Uh, that's what Jesus came to do. 
So um, he continues by praying uh, for his disciples, the, the, the folks that have followed him in his lifetime or in his time on earth at this point. He says in verse six, I've manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I've given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. So he prays for his disciples. He prays, um, (laughs) he thanks God that God's given them to know who Jesus is and that everything that they have is a gift from God. And so uh, he prays for them as they're laying out their lives and their priorities uh, for the kingdom of God. Um, and says that they're out of the world, but they're not of the world. They're not made of the same stuff anymore. And so the world hates them. It's a sign that they belong to Jesus. And he asks that God would continue to wash them in his truth, his word. Um, but he doesn't stop there. In verse 20, he, he prays for us too, you and I. There's not very many times in the Bible, because it is kind of an ancient document, it's thousands of years old, there's not very many times where you and I are actually in the text, but we're here. On the night that Jesus, the night before Jesus was crucified, you and I are here. He is praying for us. Verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I and them and you and me, that we, they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you've loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So as we seek to follow Jesus, uh, it starts with that personal uh, act of trust. Jesus, I trust you to forgive my sins. 
I think oftentimes we try to muscle our way into walking with Jesus uh, kind of by ourselves. We want to do it alone. But when Jesus prays for us, those who have believed in Jesus because of the testimony of the people who trusted him that were walking with him, um, he prays that we would be unified, that we wouldn't just pursue Jesus walking in faith alone, but that we would do it as a group together, unified, have the same heartbeat. Um, and if people from all different kinds of lifestyle and all different kinds of backgrounds and all different kinds of priorities, if these people all come together and are, and are following the same thing, that's a sign to the world that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the son of God and that he can redeem them, that he can win them, that he can make things right between them and God. So, so our pursuit of faith and trust in Jesus together is a sign to those who are lost that Jesus is legit. And so as I look at the, the coming year, um, I'm, 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 I'm prayerful that we'll abide with Jesus, that we'll walk with Jesus, not only as individuals, but as a church as well. And there's a lot of things that we do in that. I've, I'm not going to go through them all. There's a lot of things that we do in that, but what we do does not define our value. It's who we are and who Jesus is making us to be. And there's no greater truth than that Jesus loves us. So if we can rest in that, if we can walk in that this year, then I think we'll be on the right track. So I uh, probably have gone longer <laughs> on the uh, on the webcam than I did in the sermon. Um, but that's that's uh, what we kind of talked through. And I hope it's encouraging to you. And I, I'm praying that this new year, is one that you'll be blessed in uh, to walk closer with Jesus. May it be the best year ever. So thanks so much. See you soon.